0: On. Ready?
1: Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 25-9, just a couple episodes away from the season finale of video game music. Uh, we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols.
0: And I'm Pernell.
1: And every week we listen to uh, the best, or at least our favorites, uh game music from all consoles and from all generations every week we pick a topic that sounds interesting or that has been chosen by our listeners and we dig into it we have some fun here
0: and we're Uh, on our eternal quest for outdoing the simpsons for most seasons
1: yes well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna last i don't think we can last longer than the simpsons but maybe we can last longer than uh, a true crime podcast we gotta set the bar lower (laughs)
0: I can get behind that. I mean, maybe if we had more memorable characters like Moe Sislak and Barney Gumble, maybe we'd have a shot.
1: No, maybe we'll get there. Um, But yeah, so uh, thank you everybody for listening. We have a a special show for us because we have a special guest on our show. Um, We've listened to some of the music in the past. I know I have mentioned the albums in the past. So on the uh, label Game Chops, we have um, the the producer, the the musician of the album Zelda and Chill, and most recently Zelda and Chill Part 2, which is a lo-fi Zelda series. We have Michael, all the way from Germany, joining us on the show. Michael, thank you for joining us.
2: Hey. (laughs) Nice to be here. (laughs)
1: Thanks for being on our show. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, I love how... And for me, it's a fairly recent thing of seeing not just... Uh, lo-fi hip-hop or hip-hop instrumentals becoming so popular on the internet mm. and worldwide but seeing a lot of, of video game arrangements inside in, and within hip-hop um, mm. and within the lo-fi um, can you tell me a little bit about how you got interested in hip-hop and then how that intersected with with zelda
2: um yeah i got interested with hip-hop uh, pretty early when i was or six mm-hmm. uh, I heard my first rap songs and um, but I, I, I always uh, loved the beats and stuff mm-hmm. but um, when I was <clears throat> I think <clears throat> when I was 14 that was when I started making my own beats mm. and um, I've always liked <clears throat> sorry so I've uh, always liked um, the, the Zelda games and games in general and soundtracks and um, I think about 2008, when I started making music, I made my first remixes, but I didn't release them. Mm. And uh, I think 2017 is when NoFi was a bit bigger. Uh, That was when I did it again, because uh, these were finally uh, hip-hop beats that really uh, fit to uh, video game music.
1: Yes, I feel feel that. And and I'm not sure if this is the same for a lot of people, but I feel like my musical tastes have suddenly... Become uh, mainstreamed, more popular. So the the instrumental music that I really enjoy, suddenly mm-hmm. there's there's an audience audience for it. Yeah,
0: um, so and what I are, can say, yeah, I would say I can also say that for people like me who weren't generally into that style of music, when you cross-sect it with VGM, which I am a fan of, um, it has a way of getting you in the door to appreciate what you were missing out on before. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, now yeah, definitely.
1: Before we get into some uh, original game music and some music that we really enjoy, um, I'm curious about some of your uh, musical influences. You said you, you listened to a lot of, uh, got interested in rap music at a younger age. What were some of the the early artists and songs that that really got you interested?
2: Well, uh, I think the biggest inspiration was uh, Dr. Dre mm-hmm. and um, West and East Coast hip hop uh, from the 90s. Yes. And then uh, Eminem, 50 Cent, and a lot of uh, German rap. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I'm not uh, familiar with a lot of uh, German uh, rap artists. Is uh, Are there any mm. names that maybe we could take note of and, and explore?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, um, SSEO. The, um, he's, uh, he also raps on these uh, boom bap kind of beats. Yes, yeah. And uh, Genetic, uh, also from my uh, hometown. They are... Um, um, I think they're mostly inspired by Wu Tang Clan. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Now we have and, um, um, we have a,
1: a friend of our show um, who lives in the UK, uh, uh, in mm. Britain, and and he also has a podcast of music. And do you know that of the Wu Tang Clan PlayStation game?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there's a fighting game but all of the characters are members of the wu-tang clan and they did it okay and they wrote a soundtrack to the game you might be interested it's oh. it's very oh, nice yeah. it's very instrumental but there's a few there's a few vocal tracks
2: that are okay nice yeah sounds cool that are very cool the only yeah the only game that i know of is uh death jam <laughs> right for new york that's with uh yeah. yeah a lot of rappers and stuff and i love <laughs> That when I was a kid,
1: yeah, me too. They're um, it's always seems so, it's it kind of makes sense that they would fight each other, but at the same time, I I always imagine the Wu Tang clan, um, working together, you know, they wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't honestly.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if the main story mode is exactly that, like, you know, how those fighting games do it, where they'll start out with like Mm. they're all just fighting because they're trying to figure out what's going on here, and then eventually they learn that the big bad is making them fight, you know. It was
1: something with a 36 Chambers. They had, to, uh, they had to fight their way through. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, Pernell and I, we chose specifically Zelda music for today and in, in sort of mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate um, your Zelda and albums. And we yeah. asked for you to bring some music that maybe you really enjoyed or were inspired by. And I think my last mm-hmm. question before we get started is, um, do you play a lot of games now or what games are you like really interested in uh, these days?
2: Yeah, sadly, I don't have much time Mm. for playing games, or when I try to play a game, I mostly think I could be doing something different, or I want to do (laughs) (laughs) music or something, but... uh, I understand. But uh, I think games like Breath of of the Wild um... Mm. Mm I can't enjoy any other games since then because it was too good. Yes. And uh, now I'm giving uh, Cyberpunk uh, a try.
1: Oh, interesting. I, I haven't yeah. I haven't turned that one on or, or I haven't yeah. looked up much about it, but that mm. it sounds like you're very interested in open world, um, kind of world where you can create your own adventure maybe.
2: Yeah, uh, normally yes, but uh, they're also the most time-consuming. Yes. So they're Mostly, uh, actually, I would, Prefer if they would uh, release more smaller games or that are, uh, games that are not uh, open world and stuff. Yes. Where you I can agree just jump you. in and, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: This is where Purnell and I uh, differ a little bit because yeah. I don't play a lot. I play maybe one or two mm. games. I'm very focused on rhythm games um, mm. and uh, and fighting games where I can where play little bits here and there mm. and just try to improve. Where Purnell, Whereas
0: Purnell plays everything, <laughs> everything. and anything. <laughs> But what you mentioned before makes a lot of sense there because I like open world games a lot. Mm. I enjoy playing them, but time, both due to my personal life and simply due to the sheer amount of options that pl- available to play, mm. you find yeah. yourself like dipping your toe into like five games and never truly getting <laughs> the full experience. Because yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. We were just uh, we were just discussing this before before we uh, you came on about how I feel mm. some role playing games aren't they're just downright not respecting my time. I feel like there's <laughs> there's a lot of other like they could cu- maybe not just narrative could cut a little bit more corners. The the, yeah. the intersection between narrative and gameplay could just be a little bit closer um, for my taste. I know that's just yeah. a personal preference because. I'm kind of in the same boat. I could be cooking or or, or working or doing some other mm. things. So let's start with some music. Um, our first track, uh, we asked for you to uh, pick a few songs that you really enjoyed or were inspired by. Um, and the first one we have here is the theme from the game The Last of Us. And it yeah. is composed by Gustavo uh, Senatolala. This was the theme song from The Last of Us composed by Gustavo Sanatolala and wow that was definitely a uh, a build up of a journey there Um, Mm, really much I enjoyed how the guitar carried it through the rest of the track Um, and I enjoyed you can hear um, I don't know if there's a term for it but when on an acoustic guitar when they thump with their hand when yeah. kind on of the b- exactly. slap the wood. Yeah, on the body of the guitar. Yeah, let's not yeah. let's not use that term though, Pernell. We'll call it a <laughs> <laughs> Jeebus. Um, but no, it's it almost has like a hollow kind of um drum, uh, kick drum sound. But then slowly there's some more instrumentation and it's almost a little electronic. That's really fantastic. That's very yeah. very good. Um so what is it about uh this track um, that spoke to you?
2: Um Well, a lot of soundtracks are like with orchestra and stuff Mm -hmm. and really epic and I just love that he used uh, more unique instruments and uh, I think the melody is really, it just fits to the atmosphere of the game. Yes. Um, I mean, it's pretty dark, but it's also very uh, emotional and um, yeah, just the way he... Includes all of the other instruments and the build-up and everything is just—it's uh, mm. one of the soundtracks I uh, where I can't pause uh, pause the song or uh, I just always have to listen to the end and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just really great. You can't you can't just go more.
1: through the, uh, the opening menu. You have to listen to it to the end
2: yeah. <laughs> to
1: experience <laughs> I, everything, right? Yeah,
0: it's interesting uh, there too. Like uh, Last of Us is very much like you said it's a very emotional game the Mm. ost that accompanies it throughout not even just the open but just all of it is very well suited and well fits the game's atmosphere though i find myself feeling like especially now to listen to your selection i need to go back and actually like listen to the ost by itself because i have a challenge when it comes to playing these narrative style games where the music becomes a part of the game Mm. and then The challenge is that it makes it hard for me to pull the music back out to go, I'm going to listen to this here because it's so good. It's just more like, I remember that entire scene and Mm, it hit me like a sack of hammers. (laughs) Um, But this is a solid good choice right here. I feel like I also remember the loading screen when you start the game being a bit lengthy too. So like you get a chance to hear a fair bit of this while just waiting for your game to start too.
1: So it plays through the, um, the music will play through the loading screen too?
0: Just the starting the game, like when you yeah, say, I'm you know, start game, mode file. Right?
1: Is this yeah, a game you I'm also sure enjoyed, uh, Michael?
2: Yeah, yeah, the first one. Uh, I've tried the second one, but mm-hmm. sadly I, um, again, thought I could do something different. <laughs> but uh, I re- really loved the first one. I played it on uh, PlayStation 3, and then I got it again for PlayStation 4 back then, because mm. it was just such a great story, and yeah.
0: I got to say genuine curiosity level here um, as a person who also loved the first game and bought the second when it came out, but never started it because, you know, time constraints, um, mm-hmm. despite how you came away from the sequel, did you still feel as though it was like worth playing for the sake of getting that next area of the plot hammered out? For yeah, you? yeah,
2: definitely. Cause uh, uh, I think Naughty Dog or uh, make great games in general, and um, it was one of the, one of the few games where I thought, okay, I gotta get it directly, and uh, I want to know how the story continues.
3: Hmm. Okay.
2: But uh, I, I heard a lot of people don't like the story or the game in general, so maybe it's good that I didn't finish it and that I just uh, remember the first.
0: story. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that sort of thing happen in the past, where like you play through a game and like so. You now people say, like, "What do you think it's like?" I'm gonna remember it as the first game. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I need.
1: Yeah. If the uh, if if uh, the the narrative and if the if the story was perfect on its own, maybe it didn't need a sequel. But
3: mm,
1: no. <laughs> the, the nice thing about uh, modern games, maybe some, of the, also maybe the bad thing is that because a lot of things live. Uh, digitally now, that we can always mm. go back and try them again when we when we have time, or yep. yeah, and, and or maybe they, they come back a second time around, uh, maybe but remastered. Do you know how many
0: games I have right now where I can go back? And I know. It's like I only got ten hours here.
1: <laughs> 50 I games. I picked the one game and I'm going to play it. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs>
2: uh.
1: <laughs> um, just don't have time to do too many. Um, all right, so Purnell, we are on to your first pick. So we're on to some Zelda music. Mm -hmm. What do
0: you have? And I started getting a little nostalgia, actually, since this was the topic, um, because I've always been fond of this game, but I haven't played it since 2001. So I have it on my 3DS, though, so I started playing a bit of it because of this episode choice. So um, this track is called Unicorn's Cave, and it is from The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and it's composed by Minako Adachi and Kiyohiro Sada. To the Unicorns Cave theme, level five from the game The Legend of Zelda: Oracle of Seasons for the Nintendo Game Boy Advance. Sorry, Game Boy Color, composed by Minako Adachi and Kiyohiro Sada. Feel so, like I've always been fond of these particular two. You know, Oracle of Sieges and Oracle of Ages, and to another extent, kind of also Link's Awakening. Though I don't think it was a hundred percent on the same thing because a hundred percent Bonafide. Oracles and Seasons weren't actually done by Nintendo. They were done by Capcom. Oh, were they? Um, Mm hmm. Oh, okay. So they feel very different. That explains
1: why Koji Kondo, uh, the, the classic composer for these Nintendo Zelda games, is not on the list.
0: Mm hmm. And it shows like this is like so we have very few opportunities in this system or in gaming to see someone else's take on Zelda. We have the Hyrule Warrior series that have been recently coming out. We have Oracle of Sieges and the Oracle of Ages, and to a lesser extent, Link's Awakening. Um, unfortunately, we also have the Philips CDI games. Yeah.
1: Um, those weren't Nintendo produced at all. Exactly. Right? They, yeah, yeah.
0: they were solely like some random company from Philips. I don't even know who they are, but those games were terrible. But point is. It's rare that we get to see another company get their hands on Zelda and be told, do what you want, mm-hmm. as long as you, you know, try not to screw it up. <laughs> and, uh, this game has some really cool elements to it. like, Well, the OST itself is very... I think it, I think it stands out from other Zelda games, mm-hmm. as far as, like, how it's composed and how it sounds. Um, there's more to the melodies... Because I feel like a lot of General Zelda tracks and like the later games were more kind of structured around like atmosphere, Yes. Yeah, so not around gaming sound. Particularly the the modern ones. Um, Michael mentioned Breath
1: of the Wild earlier, and that's yeah. it sounds it's very adaptive uh, music mm. to what yeah. you're doing. Um, this one, the 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 first half of this song is almost um, it gets like dissonant. There's a little chords that don't quite match. But then it goes to this section, and it becomes the chords become not major, but they kind of get back to it's more familiar territory. <laughs> but there's a section uh. where it's so dissonant. Um, but I think this might be our only classic uh, chip tune track on the show today, <laughs> 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 and it's from you. Usually, I'm picking the old school music.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, now that's a chest-up deserving.
1: Now this this oh. um this brings up a question for me. So uh. uh um, with, for, for Michael the, we don't have a lot of the classic music today on the show but th- does any of these these classic sounds have any um, do they stir any memories for you or do you have any familiarity um, with like the classic Game Boy or Nintendo sound?
2: Um, yeah a little bit um, I didn't have any consoles or Game Boys when I, when I was a child so, um, but uh, funnily enough I started playing Oracle of Seasons uh, on my uh, emulator there on the smartphone in <laughs> okay, yeah. 2004, uh, and, uh, uh, I, um, and the Pokemon games. Those were the only ones that I played when I was a child. Um, sadly, also only uh, on an emulator. But um, I uh, actually liked the chip tune sound because, uh, because of the limited uh, um, instruments mm-hmm. they had. They had to come up with uh, nice uh, melodies.
1: Yes, uh, they had to compose in a way that was restrained, um, mm-hmm. and it often it often produced a lot of very uh, creative moments um, because they only no. had so many voices. Um, one thing I like about the Zelda and Chill albums is your instrumentation is very unique um, uh, and very like not modern, like, not so much. Modern mm-hmm. isn't the right word, but it is all It's very your own instrumentation and interpretations mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the music. Was uh, where in some remixes they might have just taken the original song and may have processed mm-hmm. it and done some things with that. Um, what are some of the uh, uh uh instruments that were used on the album that you're most proud of?
2: Um, well, it's mostly uh digital mm-hmm. plugins, sure, and uh plugins I used most were Omnisphere 2 and uh, the expansion Keyscape which is uh, a lot of keyboards and pianos and uh, roads and uh, yeah the, I used those the most so it was more uh, acoustic instruments uh, mm-hmm. and less uh, simple sizes right and, and one
1: thing I can't say- a rompler yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: One thing I wanted to say to you, since you mentioned that you started playing uh, Oracle of Seasons recently, um, earlier you were discussing how you would like for more games to you know, kind of just open world mechanics because mm-hmm. of you know, time constraints and all. Um, these classic Zelda games, despite how old they are, um, I can genuinely say to you that they, to my experience, they all hold up. Like, if you're mm-hmm. playing them all on emulators for the first time right now, this is one of those experiences where you will probably appreciate it just as much. Playing it for the first time today, as we did playing it back in the 90s and 80s, or in this case, 2001. Um, yeah. It's they're just they're they're succinct mm-hmm. experiences. They have side quests, but nothing that ever takes up too much of your time.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're perfect for just uh, jumping in and playing a short round. Yeah, that's but mm-hmm. yeah.
1: still main it's still being part of the main story. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's nice that that when games can do that, Pernell. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on to my next track. Um, We talked about um, uh, a lot of atmosphere. So this is from a newer game, um, newer title on the Nintendo Switch. I'm sorry. This is called uh, The Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, And I couldn't find specific composers uh, for the individual uh, pieces of music. They're just uh, an enormous list of composers,
0: which is not helpful. So is this, it like the Omega Force? Is it like, they go by like the Omega Force team or is it like a Tecmo Koei sound group or something? I don't
1: know. It was just a long list of names. Oh. And, and that was that was all listed on the official soundtrack that was released uh, mm. in Japan. So the, sometimes they're broken out. Um, may, I think that might be done after the fact by a little bit of detective work, but I don't read Japanese, so I can't help. Um, so really <laughs> this, so. This, uh, this this track is called the Prelude to Calamity, which is the music that plays while you're viewing the map from Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. listening to prelude to calamity which is the map music from the game Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity for the Nintendo Switch and this this has big sweeping like it, it, the imagery of a of a landscape of mountains and clouds really comes to mind um in the the section where the drums and the cellos they all cut out and then there's just this section of just strings and these little, in this little piano section is—it's it's just beautiful mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. Um, I just—it just—it's a simple device.
0: It's <laughs> another it just fine example. It gets me every
1: I, time. Every time it can get me.
0: I think it's a genuinely just another fine example of what happens when other studios are able to take the reins at composing for Zelda Universe game
1: the, um, yeah. this is it's it's, oh. it's still very a, a Zelda song because there's, there's something about the, the kind of military snare drum mm. to me always reminds me of Zelda music you know so oh. I hear that and I think Zelda's you know link is marching towards something you know <laughs>
2: mm. and this something? is mm-hmm. oh, uh, this ahead. is when when uh, you open the map this uh, tune plays. It I, I does, yeah. It seems to loop Whoa. shortly, but you can
1: imagine how long are you yeah. going to stay on the map screen?
2: Yeah, because yeah. it sounds like the ending music or something. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is something we see a lot with a, with a classic game music too, for like the Nintendo yeah. or the Mega Drive, where right. the, the music composed for some of these sections is much longer than the player would ever really see. And so it's mm, interesting yeah. exploring the soundtracks and, seeing, and hearing all these melodies and Chord progressions that you, <laughs> that as a, as a as you know as a ten year old kid would have never even experienced. <laughs> well,
0: you gotta remember that this one, keep in mind, I haven't played it myself for reasons which you'll hear in a second. But uh, this is not your a, a normal Zelda game. Like, Age of Calamity is uh, the second musou style uh, Zelda title that was produced by Tecmo Koei and Omega Force. So on the map screen, you may well not just be going to the map, like choosing the stage. Like, there may be you choosing your character, and then there are, there are equipment loadout. Mm. You might be choosing some side missions to take on, stuff like that. Like They give you uh, re- quite a bit to do to customize your characters before starting up on the stages mm. in these titles. Um, but this actually gives me a question that I like to ask Michael, too, that comes to mind. Which is that when you play, a lot of times when you play a game, or you get into a franchise you go into it with a specific you know, set of interests like I like these games because of X, Y, and Z um, and then sometimes depending on the life of the franchise it might go in strange cool directions you know? yeah. but who knows what ultimately is what you want as these things happen like will you still like it will you not so then my question to you is given what you have experienced with Zelda past and present what do you still feel you most enjoy out of the franchise? What is your what brings you to it every time?
2: Um, yeah. Well, Breath of the Wild was the only Zelda that I finished playing, mm-hmm. and uh, I've only over uh, started playing the other games because, uh, like I said, we didn't have uh, consoles and mm-hmm. stuff. But what I like uh, the most in each game. This is always the music and the, uh, the design. That's what uh, keeps bringing me back to them. And like, because, uh, like I said, we didn't have the, uh, the consoles, I uh, listened to the music the whole time because it's just so great. Yeah. Yeah,
0: tell- That's going to be interesting to hear, too, because, you know, a lot of people come at it from the other direction. So they mm. start at the beginning and then they get to the end and then they go, based on that experience... This is what I come to get out of these games. I'm looking for it. Mm. you're coming at it the other direction, it should be interesting when your journey is done to see how what your ultimate take will end up being because you'll have a perspective that it'll be very uniquely your own mm. and also because of the reverse order of your experience in the titles.
3: Yeah, thanks
1: yeah. Thanks to emulation and, and even some of the re-releases on our uh, modern systems and on the computer, um there's a whole a whole group of people who like yourself and myself who never really played a lot of these um, at a younger age we get to Mm -hmm. experience them again with a new perspective that maybe (laughs) would not have had uh, Mm -hmm. uh, years ago Um, so let's move on to some more music Um, so we've asked you to pick a second song to play and you chose from uh, from the game series Grand Theft Auto this is San Andreas this is the theme song composed by Michael Hunter which I believe is one of the few um, songs composed for the game that's not uh, licensed mm. um, from uh, popular music or you know, from another record label. So here we go. This is the theme yep. from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Listening to the theme from the game Grand Theft Auto: San Andreas. This is composed by Michael Hunter, and not Dr. Dre. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this is unusually funky. I am into that. I've never played a yeah. actually I've never played a modern Grand Theft Auto game. I yeah. um, uh, so I don't know much about this one, except that mm-hmm. it does have like that kind of old school West Coast vibe. And now yeah, I'm exactly. really getting that old school West Coast vibe. I think it's pretty yeah. obvious why you like this one, right? <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, is this a game that you've also enjoyed, or is this something uh, just a soundtrack that you're familiar with? No,
2: no, no. I've I've played this a lot. Uh, my favorite Grand Theft Auto is Vice City, but um, I played San and Andreas with a friend uh, when I was younger, and I have always, on purposely, uh, on purpose, uh, missed the school bus. So I had to go to his house so we could play San Andreas. <laughs> Slick. And we played it for ages and ages and I dreamt of it and uh yeah. it was just uh I this is exactly the the type of music that I like most, this uh, West Coast G Funk um nineties hip hop and uh also made uh, released a small album this year which is completely in this style. So Oh great. That's why I cho- I chose this. That's
1: that's good. I I do like it does have uh, the feeling of some of those classic samples, but um, mm, uh, it's def- yeah. definitely some unique instruments in there as well. And it's it's mm. a little it's a little faster too. I think a little a little more up tempo, which is which I think yeah. it's great for a video game. You know, kind of gets you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, It sparks your imagination for I guess doing nefarious. Things. <laughs>
0: when I think about it, like, I feel like, I mean, my brother played through the entirety of San Andreas. I played some mm. of it, but as always happens, I get sidetracked by all the side stuff you can do. But San Andreas is one of the rare ones where, even though you did commit crimes and stuff during the game, the overall goal of the narrative is actually not to be a criminal for the most part. Really? Your character just kind of brought into that fold because that's where he grew up. And he was trying Mm. to, like, help get his community out of that corruption. And the police were playing them, too, actually, in that game. Which Mm. was, like, one of the big final crescendo points of the narrative. Um, But that's partly what I liked about it. It's like, people, there are folks out there who don't necessarily choose that life, per se. But when you come up around it and you come up in it, sometimes you're forced to navigate that environment. Mm. As opposed to being a main contributor. And I think that's what CJ was in that game for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, some some realism there.
0: Huh? Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to me when I, I think of these these games in particular are very um, like American gangster culture when they when mm-hmm. they gain popularity in Europe and overseas. It's always interesting to me, like what do they think of us? You
0: know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happens in San so. <laughs> Andreas. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Uh, there's actually something really interesting about that joke. Cause it's not even just the games. Like, and it comes to mind just like we were talking earlier, like how Michael was referring to a lot of you know, East Coast and West Coast rappers for like major influence. Like a lot of our entertainment, like American entertainment, like goes all over the place. Like it makes me think about, for example if people like in japan will listen to a bunch of rap and then like a black person shows up you know as a tourist in the area like they're like oh it's like the guy from that song i was listening <laughs> to I'm like no i'm just i'm here for pocky <laughs> you can do it it's like a certain influence that comes with that if, that if all of their exposure comes from the media culture as opposed to like interactions and such i mean mm-hmm. like you
1: you pernell in, in particular are are tall so I would love yes. to see you in Japan one day.
0: <laughs> I've been told that my time in Japan would be a lot of people asking me if I'm a rapper and if I play basketball, like from actual like Japanese friends. And I was like, that's pretty much what they're going to bug you about. And then uh, just tell them you uh, are.
1: Just say it. Just say that you are.
0: <laughs> I think it's, how far would that go? And I might say it, and then I'll be at a bar making that comment, and there's some angry guy, which was like, "So you play basketball? I'm like, yeah? Like, Someone's going to challenge you." Are you worried someone's going to challenge you to basketball? They're going to challenge me. He's like, I'm going to beat this American at basketball. It's like, whoa, whoa, slow down, fella. I, I, I just ate this whole bowl of and I'm kind of full, and I need to just take a nap <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Oh,
1: man. Uh, I'm so glad we got some classic hip-hop-like sounding music on the show today around all of yeah. the, the epic Zelda music that Purnell and I chose. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Purnell, we're up to you again. What's your second song?
0: A track that I'm genuinely shocked I never played on the show because it's probably one of my favorite two or three tracks from the game. Um, So I'm going to pick it. Um, This comes from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And the track is titled, it's just the Forest Temple theme from that game. Mm -hmm. And the composer of it is, we were just talking about him, Koji Kondo.
1: Getting crazy now. <laughs> it's kind of scary, actually.
0: That means it's doing his job because that place is scary. <laughs> right, here we go. Welcome back. You're listening to the Forest Temple theme from the game The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time for the N64, and then like every other freaking Nintendo system via re-release, um, composed by Koji Kondo. Uh, I have a I'm I have a general you know lambasted opinion of Ocarina of Time. Um, in addition to that, the music as well. Because in most cases, I'm not much a fan of atmospheric music in like in action-based games. Like I want that Zelda-esque theme, for example. Like I want mm-hmm. dungeon themes. you know. But for some reason, when I got to this dungeon and the atmospheric theme that plays within it, it hit on all cylinders. Like it, like Rob commented in the break that it sounded scary, and I feel as though that was a very appropriate reaction to it because the Forest Temple is sort of like a, it's like a darker version of the forest you grew up in. And you're dealing with, like, ghosts and such in there. It's probably one of the many, like, Poe, like, P-O-E. I know it's like, Pogos is, like, saying the same word twice. But like a raven? For-
1: like the raven?
0: No, no, that'd, that'd be <laughs> cool if they actually were, though. Like Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> po Edgar like Allan Poe, yeah, yeah. But, um, but this music that plays throughout the dungeon is, it's just, it's all around you. Mm-hmm. It, re- it feels like it's bouncing off the walls as you run around. Yeah. And, uh... It was also the first temple in the game I got legitimately lost in, so I spent like two and a half hours in it. <laughs> so I just heard this. You heard I got
1: lost. Like... It sounds like it sounds like there's 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 ducks or birds laughing at you.
0: <laughs> they probably are. I'd yeah. be laughing at me too. I was lost for two and a half hours. <sighs> yeah, people talk about how hard and confusing the water temple is. I'm like, no, I got right through that, no problem. This is the one that had me stuck.
1: This is. So. Oh, that's a. This is an interesting sounding. I, I don't think I've. I'm, mm. I haven't played a lot of these honestly, but I've never explored
0: uh, this soundtrack. Um, it's very odd. It's a worthy <laughs> play for sure. Like I think, even though it was the first 3D Zelda game, I still mm. feel like it was still fairly concise in what you could do because it was almost like if you took Kakariko Village from A Link to the Past and just gave it layers, like made it 3D with layers. Mm-hmm. It's still the same size town with the same number of events in it. It's just now you can get on the roof in some places, you know. Um, so you didn't they didn't bloat it. It didn't bloat it at this point. It was just they change the perspective. And that was kind of nice because it gives me it makes me feel like I can actually complete it. So it's a good game. It just I was always I always would complain about the music or lack thereof. Oh, yeah. And in fact, the Shadow Temple is where I stopped playing for years because like this doesn't no, even this have a is- sale to it.
2: Yeah, uh, I also stopped at the uh, Shadow Temple.
0: Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yes! Someone else, we had the
1: same experience. Mm, glad to yeah. hear that. All right, so I'm going to play some music from a game that I think people have a, a mixed opinion on, and this is from, okay, this is from The uh, Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. Um, this is Game Boy Advance, Prunel?
0: Uh Adventure was GameCube.
1: on oh, the GameCube, okay. Um, And this is a song called Frozen Hyrule from The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. sucker for an arpeggio like that's all there is i think that's Uh. um i'm I'm, I'm easy to please (laughs) just a little bit of an arpeggio on top of a a string section or a piano chord that's that's what gets me going so um you're listening to the frozen temple from zelda oh that was the forest temple i'm sorry you're listening to the um oh my gosh
0: at a frozen Highlands or
1: Frozen something. Hyrule from The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. And this is a, a, an arrangement of the Dark World. Um, excuse me, from The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, right? hmm Yes. Yeah. Um, and again, if you're listening to this uh, podcast on headphones or in your car, I encourage you to turn the music up. Um, go back and turn the music up because the, the bass section is very clear uh, in this song. And so it's always nice to re-listen to some of this music not playing through television speakers or not playing through your home stereo system. And then you hear all of the instruments that the the composers added uh, to the music.
0: Now, are both of you familiar with what Ford the Four Sword Adventure-style games are?
2: Yep.
1: A little bit. It's like like competitive Zelda. Is that right?
0: Yes. Uh, Like Zelda as a sport? It's honestly really cool in that regard. (laughs) The only thing that would make it better at this point is if they came up with like a... Like, if you beat the game, they unlock, like, a Ranger version or something where it ranges the stages because, you know, Zelda 4 Swords games are multiple Zelda characters. They come up with some ridiculous plot element to make Link split into four copies of himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going on the adventure, and you're solving puzzles as a collective team using various Zelda items, but the competitive angle is who can get the most money while you're doing it. So the thing I loved most about when I would play these games is that Depending <laughs> on like where you would go, like if you went to a dungeon or something, like a small section section, you would leave the screen and you'd be doing everything on like a Game Boy Advance screen so no one could see what you're doing. But if you start collecting money or getting like you know hookups while you're in there, the music will make an indication that this guy's getting paid. What's going on? What is he doing? Where's Perdell at? It's like I'm sitting in the corner, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give him money. So the music adapts
1: to what players are doing, and so I can know what you're doing based on the music that's sort of ramping up.
0: Well, not so much music; it's just the sound effects. Oh, like, the sound you'll effects! Steer, okay. You still hear the sound effects of like me collecting <laughs> money. But if, if you're getting like a huge pot with like a hundred single rupees in it, it's gonna go ding 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 ding. <laughs> it's just, like someone can hear that, and they're like, "Who's getting all this money? Where is he at?" So at that point, it becomes this weird like angle, of, like "Yeah, I'll find this guy, and take him out." You know, it's a uh, it. It's very unique for the zelda formula i want to say capcom did this to have to double check i don't recall 100 nintendo did the Four wars games or not now but, uh,
1: uh, michael you mentioned uh, some of your favorite games and, and titles were um longer solo uh, individual experiences um are there are you a fan of multiplayer games or, or competitive games at all
2: mm, not so much um more like uh, games like Smash Brothers or Mario Kart uh, when friends are over, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't play online.
0: No, yeah, that I mean, you no. might like this one then because it's a similar element. Like, there's competition, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. similar to like Smash Brothers with friends or Mario Kart with friends. There's no like major hierarchy of like I'm just better than you. It's more like we're just kind of yeah. pussing around doing Zelda things.
1: Um, That's a good point. Like all these Nintendo games you mentioned, like they're really fun mm-hmm. with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo yeah. must just know how to like the Mario Party and the Mario Kart. They must really know like what makes a good, fun game to play with your friends that could also ruin those friendships. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mario Party is the king of that to this day. I don't care what anybody says. It, it's it's the biggest friendship ruining game <clears> out there. Next I remember. When
1: um, you brought that over, I, th- I think I, I think we were married. Uh, Christy and I were married at the time, and you brought that over. We all played it together. It was the it was the one Mario Party where he it was, was the capsules. Yeah, he was spitting out the capsules, and that was, that was the most unfair game. Because and... I won.
0: Because <laughs> well, I won. Well, we... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have this thing where you only like to play games that I, you know you can win. <laughs>
0: not true. <laughs> yeah. Not true. In just games I have a chance. Like so Michael uh, Rob and I get competitive every once in the blue moon with games. But the thing yeah. is like there are definitely certain games where like Rob is pretty much going to win. In certain games where it's perceived that I'm going to win. Like, fighting games are Rob's shtick. Like, he's going to beat me. I'll try. I'll try very hard, but I'm going to lose. Um, Dance Dance games, Rob will take me out on those. Because he just...
1: Mm -hmm. We were talking about, like, something you played back in 2001, and I was like, I think that's when I started playing Dance Dance Revolution and I stopped playing anything else. And now it's 2020. That's all I'm still doing. So... (laughs)
0: That actually makes me wonder too, so I know you said that you don't generally get the tons of competitive games, Michael, but uh, if you were to think of one game, well, one game or game franchise, that you feel as though your skills stand, like, if I were to, I can play this game very well, what would that be?
2: Mm, I think it would be Mario Kart 8, Mm. uh, because I've played the tracks so often, but... Uh, I thought I was really good, but then I played with uh, with some friends during lockdown, and uh, I was really bad. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, Uh, same with uh, same with uh, yeah, same with uh, Smash Brothers. Uh, A good friend of mine came over, and I can't enjoy the game anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs)
1: happened to me
0: with Smash Brothers too.
1: That happens a lot with fighting games because you you learn mm -hmm. the games with a small group of people. And you think you're very good at them. And then you go to another group of people or to a tournament and you learn that you only know half the game. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. In my case, I know that the game is called Super Smash something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Like, I will say, like, Mario Kart 8, though, was a phenomenal Mario Kart game. Like, up until that point, I think my favorite was still somewhere between Double Dash and 64. Mm
3: -hmm. And
0: uh, 8 just kind of took it all. And for the record, yeah. best track is the airport level. Love mm-hmm. that track.
1: Yeah, that's funny. We talked a lot about Mario Kart in the last episode. It just came out of nowhere. Also, did you play the the Koopa Beach song with all the whistles? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn um, this track. is coming down, and we're going to get into the last part of our show that is called the bonus round.
0: Bonus round.
1: Uh, The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And this is all where we also like to um, promote and showcase music from our guests. Um, And since uh, Michael's latest album, Zelda and Chill 2, has just been released and has been uh, smashing it on streaming and on uh, digital sales. And I think there's a a vinyl album out as well. Um, We'll have links to all of that on our website and in the show notes on the podcast. But we asked for Michael to pick one of his uh one of the songs he's proud of or one of the songs he really enjoyed off the album um, to play for us. So do you, you mind introducing that first song?
2: Oh yeah, the song is Hyrule Castle from A Link to the Past.
1: That was Hyrule Castle from Zelda and chill Two. That was composed by Cody Koji Kondo and arranged by Michael. Michael, that was dark. I liked that. That was, that was nasty. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I really uh, particularly uh, enjoyed that <clears throat> bass guitar very much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was funny because, um, this was, uh, one of the first songs uh, where I thought this won't fit uh, on this album. I want to take it out. And, uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, I didn't. Nah, me too.
0: I very much enjoy this track. I guess like I said it during the break. I'm not sure if that was the intended or the intended sound for it, but I genuinely felt like this could be something that you could hear, like at a jazz club or mm-hmm. just a general nightclub over drinks with your friends. Um, it's just got it's got a nice background atmospheric sound to it mm-hmm. in a way that it just fits that environment to the letter. Yeah, something mm. about
1: um, uh, the, the dark, the dark sound of the bass and those minor, those minor chords um, yeah. were very dark. But with that, that little organ sound, it's it's kind of sexy too. Yeah. So dark and sexy, yeah. I think, is uh, the place to be.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, this um, this was a mix of like this uh, jazzy type of music with a mm-hmm. uh, contrabass uh, or the double bass. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, then mixed with uh, like these West Coast-inspired chords and oh, yeah. uh, uh, this song and uh, Serenade of Water, the one uh, before this track, is uh, are the uh, two tracks that are most inspired by uh, Dr. Dre and West Coast. So. Ooh, okay.
0: Yeah. I do have a dumb question for you, though. So <laughs> mm-hmm. as a guy who isn't the most familiar with this genre of music and would be interested in looking into more of it, Would you say that, despite you saying that you didn't think this would really fit on the album initially, that it still would be considered to be lo-fi?
2: No, not really, because the first album was intended to be lo-fi, and uh, this one I tried not to uh, market as a a lo-fi album, Mm -hmm. because I didn't uh, choose any, like, on some songs I didn't uh, choose any uh, lo-fi effects and was just intended to be like a hip-hop, rap, or chill-hop um, mm-hmm. album. So uh, it would be more
0: like a chill-hop track.
2: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. H- have you
1: had any um, any vocalists approach you?
2: Um, uh, yeah, I'm working with a good friend, actually. Um, and she can sing really good. And uh, that's also going to be the next project. Uh, I think in three days, uh, her first song is going to oh. come out on Spotify. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm really looking forward and. it. Uh, working together with her in the
1: future. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I would imagine mm. also on, on these beats um, themselves uh, from this mm. album, like some some vocals and some rhymes would be excellent uh, across mm. them. Yeah. Uh, there's an artist uh, that I'm, fi- I'm, fi- I'm very fond of. is a uh, Mega Ran, um, who does a lot of lyrics and rapping over like Mega Man songs and mm. Final Fantasy songs. And, and this would be right up its alley. Really, yeah. really cool stuff. Um, okay, so now um, we'll end the show with some more of these these, these beats.
0: But um, for now, we're going to
1: move on to the rest of the bonus round. Pernell, we are up
0: to you. And unfortunately, my track cannot sound good in the club. Or <laughs> a different kind it's, of club. <laughs> yeah, it might be a different kind of club, but definitely not the club from that our previous fantastic sound. Um, but hopefully, it's enjoyed nonetheless because it's great. Um, This is a guitar cover for the Termina Field theme from The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, and it is done by Deku SC. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to that cover, guitar cover, of the Termina Field theme from The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask on the Nintendo 64, and then again, every other console <laughs> that Nintendo's made afterwards, um, covered by Deku SC, originally composed by Koji Kondo. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys who just always has had a soft spot for Majora's Mask, despite never completing it, because I just suck at time management. And games hell out of time, and uh, because of just how differently this game played compared to other Zeldas at that time, it, mm. just the both the way that the narrative was compiled and how you were expected to progress through it, mm. um, the darker atmosphere that the game provided to the player, it it was a fantastic pl- game to play, and the Terminal Field theme resonated with me very well from playing. So hearing this felt honestly very nice. Yeah, like, I like what he did with
1: it. Yeah, I liked, I like where he went with it. I'm, I'm, don't want to say I'm, I'm not surprised that that's where you went with looking for uh, for, for music. Um, so I went in a different direction. This is music arranged Zelda arranged music for an official title. This is from the Cadence of Hyrule for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, composed this this track track in particular is composed and arranged by Danny Baranowski, um, and this is a Crypt of the Necro Dancer starring Zelda, the Cadence of Hyrule. This is the, um, the intense version of the Windmill Hut. So this is as enemies start coming after you and start moving around. Mm-hmm. And I tried to find some music that was a little bit more on the chiller, funkier side of things. Um, it's a little different. So this is the Windmill Hut from Cadence of Hyrule composed by Danny Baranowski. was the windmill hut from cadence of Hyrule composed by or arranged by Danny Baranowski. Um, and yeah, very, very smooth and jazzy. The, um, the, he really played around with the melody of the original song, um, in a way that, um, I enjoyed <laughs> very much.
3: No,
1: I did too.
2: Yeah. I think,
0: no, I was, I was saying, go ahead. Cause I do that thing.
2: right uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's, uh, one of the best Zelda remixes I've ever heard. And um, yeah, it just sounded great. And Windmill Hut is also, I think my all time favorite Zelda song. It's ever. very,
1: yeah, it's very good. Nice. It's got, it's got a jazzy kind of sound to it. And, and which some mm. of the other uh, songs within Zelda has more of like a, an epic militaristic, um, like military style um, uh, drums mm. to it. This one is, but yeah, this is really neat. So um in classic uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is a rhythm-based kind of RPG, kind of roguelike game, which I'm not going to get into. I tried playing the first one and I found it incredibly <laughs> difficult. But I They love... made
0: this one easier, oh, though, did if that... you ever tried it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's it, easier to handle. But what's great about this is that, in keeping with the same theme of that first game, is that they have multiple artists um, doing different remixes and arrangements of all of these songs, where in the first game it was all original music <laughs> and different remixes and arrangements of that new original song generally composed by Danny Baranowski. And this one, it's all Zelda music composed by Koji Kondo and all these other uh, Japanese composers it, all these different styles. And so you can play these, the, the, the <coughs> stages in different, different ways and different intensities depending on the music. So I'm um, hearing mm. this style of music within, within a rhythm game is always really interesting to me. I'm, I'm used to like the high intensity techno mm. and drum and bass music. Um, yeah, so but yeah I'm glad glad you enjoyed it Um, so for more information on the bonus round part of our show you can go to rhythmandpixels.com we have links to uh, Bandcamp and SoundClouds, and for all of these artists and for uh, Michael's music go to gamechops.com and there you can find links to Zelda and Chill and Zelda and Chill part 2 where you can uh, buy the music and download it or even download I'm sorry (laughs) download the vinyl you can buy the vinyl um, for your own collection Thanks for joining us on episode 25-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our, kind of our Zelda focus, our Zelda-ish focus. Zelda Uh, plus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With with, uh, Zelda in chill composer, Michael. Michael, thank you very much for coming on our show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Um, So uh, we talked a lot about games. We talked a lot about music. Um, So I have to ask, like, of all of the styles that you've worked in, do you think that uh, hip hop or that kind of chill hop lo-fi sound is a, is a style that you're going to stay in or are there, are there other styles that you enjoy um, uh, playing with?
2: Um, I think I'm going to stay in it a bit, <clears throat> but um, I think uh, lately I'm, I've am i been enjoying more upbeat uh, style of music and more um, yeah, punchy and... Uh, yeah, different styles, yeah. but like uh, energetic. Yeah, exactly. Like-, like, like the San Andreas theme song mostly, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Do
1: you, would you say that the lockdown has maybe changed the way you approach music or the way you're listening to music at all?
3: Mm,
2: not really, no. I uh, had a break of making music uh, this year and uh, then I continued because uh, I moved into a new apartment mm-hmm. and um, uh, most of the tracks were finished uh, already. I mm-hmm. just had to do some few adjustments and uh, that's why I wasn't affected as much, I, I think. Uh,
1: I-, I found that when uh, looking for, for new music in the past year, I've been trying to find more up upbeat, optimistic... Okay. Uh, positive sounds um mm. just uh, to just for my own mental health um no pernell i don't think you've changed much
0: i pretty much haven't because <laughs> i've even before this whole thing my music taste has always been based around uh like this, the scene i'm in i like guess the environment like i've always generally wanted like peppy lively energetic music but if I'm at work and I have a deadline coming up I usually want intense music if I'm at yeah. at the gym I want intense music but if I'm in the kitchen cooking or something I would like something more laid back and relaxed you know? yeah. I play music that suits my situation
2: yeah.
1: well Michael I, again thank you for joining us on the show is there um, Well, we talked about the Zelda and Chill albums but is there anything else that you're working on or anything else that you would like to plug or anyone else's work that you would like to plug before we go for the day
2: Yeah, I'm working on a small album with my brother, Mm -hmm. which will hopefully release uh, early 2001. Then, uh, like I mentioned before, with this uh, friend of mine, some tracks. And uh, otherwise, I'm working. I started rapping again (laughs) with a good friend, Uh, but it's going to be in German. So, uh, yeah, but it's also. Honestly, uh,
0: I'll be blunt. It's in German, but that doesn't make it lack an international appeal I've been a big fan mm. of like lyrics that I don't understand because <laughs> yeah. when you don't understand it but they have a they flow with the beat it just yeah. comes across as another instrument at that point
2: mm. yeah but yeah th- uh, those are all of the projects and yeah
1: and if you have any um, links to those or uh, or any, anything that is available, um, send them to me mm-hmm. through uh, uh, Twitter or, or wherever. And I can have that's available to our listeners through the show notes and through our website. Um, okay, but for, nice. our, yeah, great. Well, and for our listeners, um, if you have any uh, track suggestions or topic suggestions, or if you're a musician and would like to get in touch with us, the best way to do that is by email.
0: Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com
1: And for a full track listing... Um, uh, for, uh, for all of this show and all of our shows and access to all of our shows, then go to the website.
0: Rhythmandpixels.com You
1: can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all those places. It's just Rhythm and Pixels. Um, we have a Discord server. If you'd like to come in and stop in and say hi, we sometimes hang out in there. We have a lot of other listeners that, that hang out in there too. Um, our discord server is linked on our website and you can probably find it somewhere on the facebook page as well um, go to youtube.com rhythm and pixels there we have a 24 uh, 7 radio stream playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classic music and deep cuts um, it's about to get another update uh, another injection of new music it has over 800 classic tracks handpicked by pernell and myself and some other um uh, podcast hosts um so check that out youtube.com rhythm and pixels and if you'd like to support the show, um, just tell people about it. Um, that's the best way to do it. Um,
0: if you Give it to them for Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah, put it on a little thumb card. Yeah, just give them your iPhone. That's fine. And then just say, listen to this thing. Or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. Uh, every week, you'll get a special access to a, um, a prequel episode of me and Pernell, kind of catching up uh, on the week. And uh, you also get access to a monthly live-streamed episode, um, where you can kind of join us on the chat and uh, while we're recording, and we can tell jokes and we have quizzes and questions during the show itself. We also like to thank everybody at the end of our episodes: uh, Frankly Zappa, that Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Matts Holmkvist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Schneider from the podcast XVGM Radio sonic medley taco harold howard dave taylor reinhardt selkova andreas milberg dan Lafton, i said Lafton, it's laughton uh sleepy s'more <laughs> steven miller uh the autistic gamer 89 cameron worma christopher schenstrom bobby arson from one up funk check them out on instagram at what up one up f- one up <laughs> Funk. so what up Funk. Uh, Wicked Suffroth, Carlos uh, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, all about Asian cinema and kung fu movies. Uh, Michael Bridgewater from the fantastic The Forever Sound Version, Fijian podcast, and Brian Pitt. So thank you all and many more for your continued support of our little program. It, 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 we seeing your names every week. We
0: appreciate it. Yeah,
1: it's just, it really motivates us to do more and to do better and just to keep going and listening to great music. Um, so uh, next week we should have another special guest or another fun episode
3: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: could go either way by the way <laughs> uh, but we're coming to the end of 2020 I know that we're all looking forward to that I think it's going to be a great year next year 2021 well I think we'll have a special New Year's episode um, I want to thank our guest again Michael Michael thank you so much for spending uh, your, your evening with us
2: yeah sure thanks for having me all right
0: it was our pleasure
1: Thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols.
0: And I'm Pernell.
1: Have a great week and be safe.
0: And remember, we were talking earlier on the episode in regards to, you know, starting new, starting franchises and various entry points into said franchises. And you generally have a scenario sometimes where people will try to tell you, you know, exactly how you're supposed to experience a game, how you're supposed to enter a franchise basically trying to tell you how to engage art but though everyone has their own way of doing that at the end of the day it really falls on us just to kind of you can take the suggestion but no one can genuinely tell you or demand of you how to engage art you engage it how you see fit if you want to start at the end or at the beginning of a franchise line you do that if you want to start with the spin-offs and not the main line you do that all that matters is that you enjoy the time you spend playing it and you form your own feelings about the franchise or the game or the experience or the music or whatever you're going into. It's all about you. Don't let people demand that you do something that doesn't go along with your personal interest. It's not worth it.